Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Howie Hawkins, who ran for governor on the Green Party line in 2018, right, Howie? 2010, 2014, and 2018. And he was the Green Party candidate for president of the United States uh, two years ago. So Howie is going to talk about third parties in New York State. Um, soon after you ran for governor, uh, Cuomo upped the numbers uh, for third parties to get on the ballot. And since we have a new governor, do you think that's going to change? I don't think it'll change by her initiative. Uh, the two co-chairs of the Green Party, Gloria Matera and Peter Lavinia, have written her a letter in her to look at this draconian ballot access law that passed in April 2019 while we were locked down with COVID and people had other preoccupations. So what that law did was triple the number of votes we need to stay on the ballot triple the number of signatures we need to get back on the ballot, quintuple the number of signatures we need from half the congressional districts uh, when you do your statewide petition. That distribution requirement is the easiest way to knock a petition off the ballot. Double the frequency we have to reach that threshold from every four years for governor to every two years, president, governor, president, and so forth. And so New York now has the most difficult law to get on a ballot for a third party in the United States, uh, which has the most difficult ballot access laws of advanced democracies around the world. So basically they, they wiped out third parties. You've got four ballot lines, but really two parties, two candidates, because working families routinely endorse the Democrat and the conservatives routinely endorse the Republican. So, it's not that different from a one-party state because most districts in the single-member district winner-take-all system we have for legislative elections are one-party districts. One or the other major parties has the majority of voters. So the, the result is preordained in most of those districts. So what we got are one-party districts, two-party system where statewide the Democrats dominate. And we can see that now because they're going to gerrymander congressional and state legislative districts, despite this supposedly independent redistricting commission, which really isn't independent because the legislature can take the power away from them. So we've got a very authoritarian system of getting on the ballot, and it's making it very difficult for the Greens to even participate in elections. So has I'm sure that our new governor, Kathy uh, Hochul, is aware of this, right? Oh, yeah, she should be. If she's not, I don't know where she's been. You know, she's a political person. And, you know, the Democrats don't want competition. I think that's where it's at, and I don't see her making an issue of this. So it's up to the Greens, I guess. We're going to have to make it an issue in the 2022 election. So that's, that's even if the candidate can get on the ballot, right? Yeah, 
we need 45,000 signatures in 42 days. The rule of thumb is you get double that. That's 90,000 signatures. And uh, the petition now is in the April and May, so you don't have the opportunity to go to these summer fairs where you can talk to a lot of people. We still got, may still have COVID and uh, making it harder to get out there on the streets. So knocking on doors is much slower than going to big events and getting signatures. So we have a massive job ahead of us. I think if we get on the ballot, we have a good chance of getting it – took, it took in 2020 173,000 votes to meet the 2% threshold. It will probably be a little bit lower, but the Greens have only passed that threshold twice, Ralph Nader for president in 2000 and me for governor in 2014. So that's difficult. But the bigger challenge is just getting on the ballot, getting that massive petition done in a short time. It was it was almost comical because it was just a few days ago I was watching Chris Cuomo and Chris Cuomo was saying that he's all for, you know, third, fourth, uh, fifth party uh, having their voices heard and getting on the ballot. And then his brother, when he was governor, made sure that did, that did not happen. But when I called you to do this this show, you were saying that the Democrats in the legislature is equally to blame as uh, Governor Cuomo was. Would you agree? Well, they they bore this law, which was attached to the budget, without much dissent. There was, you know, a couple people. I remember uh, Liz Kruger. Uh, that's about it. You know, certainly uh, Senator Myrie, who, who chairs the elections committee, didn't dissent. Uh, you know, you wonder where these so-called democratic socialists are. You know, I've heard nothing from them about how draconian this ballot access law is. You know, the Greens are going to be approaching them to see if any of them are willing to, you know, carry legislation that we can campaign on. But uh, to date, you know, it hasn't been an issue for them. They're rightly criticizing the Republicans for these state laws they're passing around the country for voter suppression, uh, partisan election certification, partisan gerrymandering, and even intimidation of voters and election officials. And so, you know, they're pushing federal legislation to preempt those state laws that the Republicans are passing. And that's good. But then on the Democratic side, there, it's not just New York. In other states, they have pushed laws to make it harder for the Green Party to get on the ballot. And, you know, when I ran for president, they challenged uh, my petitions in several states on very dubious grounds. And it was disgusting to see how, when it got to court, how the judges voted. They're all partisan hacks. Republicans voted to put us on and the Democrats voted to keep us off, irrespective of the law in the facts of the case. So the Democrats are not so innocent either when it comes to voting rights, because part of voting rights is the right to vote for who you want. And if you can't get your candidates on the ballot, you can't vote for who you want. Has this issue been brought up in the mainstream media? Because on MSNBC, they talk about voter suppression in the South and I never hear anything about what's going on in New York State. 
So is this covered at all in the mainstream media? Not that I have heard. And even the independent progressive media, for the most part, has ignored this issue. It's uh, it's a sad state of affairs. And, uh, you know, there's something in the Freedom to Vote Act, a provision. This is the pared-down version of the For the People Act that the Senate unveiled earlier this week. And what it does is eliminate uh, the presidential election campaign fund from which the Green Party has got primary matching funds for the presidential races, which has been very important to funding our petition drives. That is eliminated by the Freedom to Vote Act. This is a post-Watergate reform, you know, after Nixon was getting bags of cash and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that you know, the candidates that weren't so backed by the very wealthy would have something of a level playing field. That is eliminated in this voting rights bill. They they take all the money that's in that fund and set up a congressional a House candidate fund, uh, which is also beyond the means of, you know, third-party candidates. You need to raise $50,000 in contributions of $200 or less, which we did a review of the 544 Green House candidates between 1994 and 2020 and found only one that definitely would have qualified and maybe one or two others that might have. So uh, they've set up a system that is for the big parties only, the corporate parties, not the third parties, which is the whole point of public campaign financing to, to level the playing field. So I have seen no reporting or commentary on that provision of the Freedom to Vote Act. Um, which, you know, says a lot about how the uh, mainstream media, as well as the independent media, uh, follows, you know, the question of voting rights with respect to ballot access. Like I said, this country is off the charts. I'll give you an example. You want to run for Congress as an independent, for the House as an independent. It takes 3,500 signatures in New York. It takes... Oh, geez. In Georgia, it takes 20,000. Alabama, 30,000. Indiana, 40,000. There are many states where it takes thousands or tens of thousands of signatures. You want to run as an independent for the House of Commons in England or the U.K., 10 signatures. You want to run for parliament as an independent in New Zealand, two signatures. In Australia and Canada, uh, it's 100 signatures. But in this country, it's thousands or tens of thousands. That just shows you how restrictive access to the ballot is in the United States. Commentators talk about low voter turnout. If third parties uh, were allowed to run, to um, were allowed, who got the number of signatures if the threshold was lower and there were third-party candidates on the ballot, do you think that the voter turnout would be higher than it is now? Yeah, we have good evidence of that. Um, Exit polls from the 2016 presidential campaign showed that the Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein's voters, 61% of them would have stayed home if she was not on the ballot, which means the Greens bring new voters to the polls. And what would do it even more is if we had a system of 
proportional representation. Party gets representation in legislative bodies in proportion to their support in the electorate. Then every vote would count toward getting representation. What we have now is our single-member district winner-take-all plurality voting is the plurality or majority, but it can be a plurality, gets all the representation in that district, and everybody else gets nothing. And because most of these districts are non-competitive because one party has the most enrolled voters, a lot of people don't vote because they know what the result's going to be. It's foreordained. They're not competitive, so why vote? So, yes, uh, third parties would bring out more votes, and a system of proportional representation would really bring out people because every vote cast counts toward getting your political viewpoint its share of representation. Local races are going on right now, and I've been following the race to mayor here in Albany. It's, and a lot of people are unaware of actually what's happening. Would you say that's across the country, that that people are really unaware of the fact that this is not a true democracy? Yeah, I think people kind of accept the, you know, sort of the boilerplate peons to, to American democracy. Like, we got the best one conceivable. And they haven't looked at other countries, most of which have proportional representation, most of which have reasonable acts of the ballot. And when it comes to local government, a lot of them have uh, much smaller, uh, much higher number of representatives population. So a city like Albany, what does it have? 10 or 20 members of the city council? 15. 15, okay. Well, and, and the population of Albany is is what, 100,000? Okay. A little less than you go, that. You go to Europe, you go to Europe, you know, countries like Germany, they have municipal parliaments where they might have 50 uh, representatives. So the, the number of representatives to voters is much smaller. So the government is much closer, and you have much uh, closer access to your representatives. Um, that's another thing that people don't realize in this country. Uh, the ratio of voter to representative is very high, which makes the government more distant. Your representatives harder to reach and communicate with. Well, it's really a sad state of affairs because the issues are not going away. They're getting worse. And, you know, if people, the average person is unaware of this, what do you think ultimately is going to happen? With respect to ballot access? With respect to our society as a whole. Um, well, yeah, we are in deep trouble. Uh, we're, we, we're facing a climate collapse. We're on a knife edge with respect to nuclear weapons with this new nuclear arms race. And we'll see what happens to this reconciliation package and the care economy provisions it provides, which would you know, make a substantial contribution to economic security for a lot of people. 
unfortunately, the climate part of that bill is totally inadequate from what we know. It's just not enough investment in a clean energy economy. So, yeah, and then we've got now an extremist, authoritarian, racist Republican Party, uh, which means most progressive-minded people are going to vote for the Democrats without enthusiasm but to defeat the Republicans, which makes it harder for alternatives like the Greens to even get our voice heard, particularly under this winner-take-all system where mm-hmm. Greens and Democrats split the center-left vote and could lead to the Republican being elected. That's what people are worried about. That's why, to me, ballot access and proportional representation are the game-changers we need for our political system so that voices like the Greens get their fair share of representation and their voice heard and inside the political system after the election, not just during the election to the extent we can even get heard. But, you know, if people aren't paying attention and you really don't have a mainstream media soapbox that you could stand on in New York State, how will that happen? Well, proportional representation would definitely give it to us because every vote would count toward the Greens and every other party getting their share of representation. So it would be hard to disregard the Greens if we're getting, you know, 20% of the vote and 20% of the seats in the state legislature. You know, that would change that. Making that change, getting the major parties to open up will be difficult. But I think it's possible because Republicans statewide and Republicans in Democratic district get no representation. So we can win a lot of them over. And then Democrats in Republican districts, they get no representation. So I think there's the basis for a coalition to open up the political system through proportional representation. So that's, for me, the top priority in terms of political reform, along with ballot access. If you're not in, if you're not on the ballot, you're not in the election. So if people are unaware of what's going on, then how will that be if, to agitate the change when they don't even realize that they have to do something like that, right? Well, what we're talking about in the Green Party, yeah, we got to organize. We got to go out and talk to people about this and show them how what we've got as a political system is exclusive and doesn't give them uh, the representation they deserve and want and win their support and build a movement. It's It's got to be a movement. It's It's not going to come from the top down, not from Kathy Hochul, not from the major parties. It's going to have to come from the outside, and that's what the Green Party is going to be working on. So if if you have difficulty getting a ballot line, how successful will you be in getting your message out to people? We will go to the people door to door. We'll go by social media. We can get some, you know, local newspaper coverage, maybe bigger newspaper coverage. Um, And even if we, or even, well, if we fail to get on the ballot despite, you know, an honest, strong effort, that's the message too. It shows that the ballot access law is too difficult. So 
we will we will get the message out there in many ways and get more people behind it and you know build a movement to get fair ballot access and then to get proportional representation uh it's like anything you know when when the jim crow laws were prevalent in the south nobody thought they'd change in in the city lead that movement it was grassroots black people that said we've had enough we're going to build a movement we're going to get this changed and they did so you know it may not look good but you build a movement you can make changes so when did the the green party first run a gubernatorial candidate in new york state uh 1998 it was al lewis old grandpa munster okay how did he do that year he just got over 50,000 votes we got a ballot line for the next four years but then we lost it in 2002 and didn't have a ballot line for eight years and then i ran in 2010 and we got enough votes and again in 2014 and 2018 we got over 50,000 votes but in 2020 with Trump on the ballot, it was very difficult for us. We needed 173,000 votes, and we got, I think, 40,000. So uh, that was just a tough year. And by adding the presidential year, when the stakes are higher and people are less willing to vote for a third party, uh, Cuomo and Jay Jacobs and the Democrats made it harder for the third parties to stay on the ballot. And you don't think that's going to change? I think we're going to change it. It's just not going to come from Hochul or the Democrats. It's got to come from the Greens. The Libertarians are interested in this. There are other people that are concerned about being able to vote for third parties. You know, we're going to fight for this. we got to build a movement, and we'll get it changed. I just hope it's sooner rather than later. But if the public is unaware and maybe slightly or maybe a lot apathetic, how's that going to happen? How's it going to happen when people are unaware of the inside game of politics? That's what our movement does. It educates people about what's going on and why they have an interest in changing it. Okay. So what have you been up to lately, Howie? I've been writing a lot about the voting rights issue. Um, I'm working on a tax reform proposal, federal taxes, that I'd wanted to do during the presidential campaign, and that should be out pretty soon. Um, Keep pushing for more spending on climate action from the federal government. And, of course, you know, working with the Greens to get this campaign going to raise the money we need and get the people organized to do this monster petition we got to do next spring to get our candidates on the ballot. So those are, that's what I've been working on. Now you need how many signatures and how many days? 45,000 good signatures collected in 42 days. Thousand a day. That's difficult. Yeah, and it's more than a thousand a day because you got to figure some days are going to be rainouts, and you need you know four or five days at the end to assemble the petition. 
you've got to show that half the congressional districts, you have at least 500 good signatures. So you got to separate them so the, uh, you know, the the board of election can see that. Uh, you got to you got to bind them. Uh, you've got to correct mistakes that, you know, one of the things, and maybe this has changed. I haven't had to do a petition because we've been on a ballot for a while, but it uh, used to be you had to put the town to identify the voter. And a lot of people put their village address, like around here in Syracuse, a lot of the suburban uh, towns and villages have Syracuse on their postal address. So people don't put the actual town that they live in. So you've got to correct that. So it's a lot of, they call that cleaning the petition. Um, you know, it's, it's at least five days. We usually go in Friday night before the Tuesday drop-off and spend the next four and a half days, uh, you know, getting that petition ready to prepare. So that that takes away almost a week. So it's really, you know, a little more than five weeks minus, you know, uh, bad weather days. So it's more than a 1,000 a day. And you really want to double the number of signatures so you're safe. So you're really talking over 2,000 a day. So uh, for a state Senate race or an assembly race, um, how how many signatures does a candidate need for that to run on the Green Party and become a viable candidate? Well, that takes an independent nominating petition now because we don't have a ballot line. Assembly candidates need 1,500 good signatures. State Senate candidates need 3,000 good signatures. And one way we may be able to help our statewide petition drive is if we have 25 or 30 state assembly and state Senate candidates who are out there collecting signatures for their own petition and collecting them for the statewide petition at the same time. That would really be a big help. So we are encouraging, you know, left progressive people to consider running as Green Party candidates for their state assembly or state Senate seat. And that will create more legs on the ground for the petition drive, for the statewide petition drive. So if people want to learn more about what what you've done and what you will do in the future and the Green Party, how could they... How could they reach you? Well, I still have my campaign website up from the presidential campaign, which has a lot of information and a way to reach me, and that is HowieHawkins.us. And then okay, the state, I was going Go to ahead. give the state green, yeah, state green party website is www.gpny.org. And there should be stuff up there soon about our getting ready for this petition drive. Okay. Thanks, Howie. Uh, uh, I'm sure that we will talk about, again, about this issue and probably other issues down the line. So you've been listening to Howie Hawkins. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focused on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Howie, thanks so much for taking the time to be on Focus on Albany, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.